hats, <clears throat> big flags. You know, I, I, I'm a bit of a motoring enthusiast and I uh, remember years ago I had this book that, and it talked about when motor cars, I can't see anything here, when motor cars started getting around and doing away with the horse and cart, they had a, a speed limit and the speed limit was five miles an hour. And to make sure that every car kept to the speed limit, someone had to walk in front of it carrying a red flag, warning people that it was... Then started thinking about red rags. You know, we often say, that's like a red rag to a bull, isn't it? You wave a, a red flag in front of a bull and apparently it makes them angry. And uh, that's what we're talking about today is anger. We're going to do a little exercise in a few moments, but, and you're going to have to think in a different vein. But first of all, I just want to say a little bit about anger. You know, the Bible talks a lot about anger. It actually talks a lot about God being angry. Can you imagine that? God being angry. And I want you to look at a, uh, a passage of Scripture, Matthew 21, 12 and 13. I think it'll be on the screen. I'll read from the New Living Translation. Matthew 21, 12 and 13. And it goes like this. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. I think Jesus was a little bit angry, wasn't he? But I thought it was a sin to be angry. So if Jesus can be angry, we can be angry, right? It's okay to be angry. There is a type of anger, and the Bible actually does say, let me just, um, let me just look at Ephesians 4.26. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. Don't sin by letting anger control you. You know, in every single relationship that we will be in, no matter who you are or what sort of a relationship it is, there will be anger sometime, someplace, somehow, somewhere. But there's, and I'm not saying there's a good anger and a bad anger, but there is an anger that is not bad, that is not sinful. There is an anger that won't keep you, that, you know, won't keep you out of the, the kingdom. And Jesus... When Jesus knocked over the tables, I want to show you the difference between a destructive anger and an anger that's not emotionally out of control, but is an anger because of gross injustice or seeing something wrong and you, you rise up against it. When Jesus went into the temple to clear the temple out, as we've just read, he tipped over the tables of the money changers. He could have said, come on, get these things out, guys. 
This is, this is church. But no, he went over and he threw the table. Can you imagine the money going everywhere? But then there were also the people selling the little birds with these stacks of cages and everything. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't knock the cages over like he knocked the tables over. He just knocks their chairs over. What's the difference? What's the difference? The difference is this. If the money table, gather up the money. It's just there on the floor. Imagine knocking all these bird cages over and breaking them to pieces. Where do the birds go? What happens to the livelihood of the people that are selling the birds? They just fly away. They don't get them back. And so Jesus is not emotionally out of control. He is thinking about what he's doing. And although he is angry, he's not angry to be in a destructive way that's going to disadvantage some other people. So he's angry, but he's not emotionally out of control. Let me just ask you this. What are some red flags? What are some signs in ourselves or in others that anger is rising? You tell me, what are some signs? What are some things that happen? What's a red flag? What's an indication that, whoa, these people are getting angry or I'm getting angry? Do you know of any? Well, let me ask you even, even a more personal one. What do you do when you get angry? What do you think? Let's look at a couple. Who raises their voice when they get angry? That should be a red flag, shouldn't it? You start raising your voice and shouting, you think, whoa, hang on a minute. That person's getting angry or I need to calm down a bit. What about waving your arms around? You know, anyone who, when they get angry, they raise their voice, they wave their arms around, they pace up and down. So there are some red flags, aren't there? Now, anger is usually caused, not always, but anger is usually caused by conflict. And if you could resolve that conflict, then the anger would most times dissipate. Now, I want to take you through a little exercise now of dealing with conflict and you know I used to have a an elder in one of the churches I pastored many years ago and he used to say to me don't let the adrenaline flow until you're in possession of all the facts and the fact is that usually when we get angry we're not in possession of all the facts and we're not in a frame of mind to listen to any of the the facts or any explanations. So I want you to start thinking in a different vein now, okay? And to make sure that you get into that thinking vein, we've got a very quick exercise and then I've got the main exercise for you to do. But I need you to probably form groups of four to six people, okay? You can move your chairs around, um, Don't go 
outside or anything. But just if you can move into groups of four to six people and you'll need a pen or a pencil. If you don't have one, I have some over here that you can hire, I mean borrow. Okay, if you quickly move into the... Uh, into those groups, four to six. Okay, I see eight over here. Yeah, just uh, just give them. There might be enough for two in each group. Okay, what do we got? A group here, right now. There should be enough for a couple of in each group, a couple of sheets in each group. Okay. This is just to get you quickly thinking, to get your mind in a, in a more critical uh, vein, okay? And uh, this is just some brain teasers. I want you to... Uh, I have the answers, so I'm lucky. I want you to just tell me what these things represent, okay? We've all got one. We've all got a couple there. Number one, what does that represent? That's the easiest one. Number one, okay, that's easy. Number two, what's number two? Number two... Is man overboard? See it there? Man overboard. So what's number three? Do you know what number three is? I understand. Yes, number three is I understand. What's number four? Something that uh, many, many ladies do. Reading between the lines. Number five, long underwear. Number six, crossroads. Number seven, downtown. Number eight, tricycle. Number nine, split level. Number nine, split level. Number ten, Number 10, this is always the one that people get stuck on. Okay, you've got a master's, you've got a bachelor's and you've got a PhD. You've got three degrees below zero. You almost, it was almost had it over here. Three degrees below zero. All right, what's number 11? See the night in the city along the roads. That's a neon light. <laughs> Number 12. Circles under the eyes. Number 13. High chair. Number 14. Sixes and sevens. Number 15 is an easy one. 
touchdown. Number 16. Six feet underground. Number 17 is another easy one. Mind over matter. Number 18. He's got that one. He's beside himself. Yeah, very good. What about 19? Backward glance, yes. And 20? Life after death, okay? Now, why we did that is because I want you to start thinking in that more critical, analytical phase. Can I just have someone to hand these out, please, as well? There, there should be enough for a couple in each. Um, and I want you to listen very carefully to the instructions for this exercise, okay? If you don't listen carefully, I'll get angry. Now, do not open those pages. They're stapled together for a reason, okay? Because I want you to listen to me, not... Uh, not start thinking about the paper. Now, remember, don't, don't let the adrenaline flow until you're in possession of all the facts. Okay, now, we all got a couple of them. Yeah, share them around in your group if you've got more than one there. Okay, now, I'm going to read this little story and then on the, on the next sheet... There's a series of statements and you have to mark, have to discuss and mark whether these statements are true or whether they are false or whether there's not enough room, not enough information to decide that there is all the information you need to get everyone right is in the story, okay? So let me read the story. A businessman had just turned off the lights in the store when a man appeared and demanded money. The owner opened a cash register. The contents of the cash register were scooped up and the man sped away. A member of the police force was notified promptly. Okay, that's the story. All the information is there for you to get all the answers correct. So, take off the... Uh, take out the staple at the bottom or rip off the staple there and have a look and start discussing. Okay, the first one. A man appeared after the owner had turned off the store lights. Is that true or is it false? Or is in fact there's not enough information there to determine whether it's true or false? Okay, discuss it among yourselves. 
Put your hand up when your group, we're doing this as a group, okay? Not individually. Put your hand up when you've finished number one. Put your hand, someone in your group, put your hand up when you've finished number one, when you've decided on number one. Okay, you finished? What did you come up with? Why did you put that? Yeah. Okay, who's got number one? Yeah, I'd look at number one and two again if I was you. Yeah, look at one and number one and two again. Where are we going over here? Done. You done number one yet? No? It's all there. That's, that's all it is there. That's the story there. It doesn't mention the cash register. It says a man appeared after the owner had turned off the store lights. Is it true or is it false or is it question mark? Nothing to do with in the dark or whatever. It's just, it's, okay. it's just read the story and it'll tell you. Okay, how are we going here? Yeah, look, I'd look at number one again if I was you. Stuck on number one or what? You got number one? One, two, three. Watch out for three. Yeah, I'd check number one and two again if I was you.
How'd this group go over here? Well, number one is wrong. Number two is wrong. Number four is wrong. Number five is wrong. Number six is right. <laughs> See, the way you're thinking is this, look. A man appeared after the owner had turned off the store lights. It says the businessman had just turned off the lights. The businessman might not be the owner. Okay. Okay, you're doing well. You're doing well on number three. But number one, number two, and number four, I'd have another look at those. The question mark is that there's not enough information in the story to make a decision. Okay. Why has why that got to be true? man appeared after the owner had turned off the store lights, okay? It says, it says a businessman, okay, if the businessman is the owner, then it's true. If the businessman is not the owner, then we don't know. So number one is a question mark. information to, to do that. Was the man? Okay, we'll give you about another three hours. <laughs> you got them right? <laughs> uh, what do you got for number two? All right, three, four. I'll look at four again. And look, let me tell you, it's not like a normal, you know, multiple choice. You can't say, look, if I put all question marks, I'll get at least half right or a third right. It doesn't work that way. 
I need to tell you too, you need to understand that uh, you're not allowed to get angry when I give you the answers, okay? And the other thing is that, and this might make you angry, the judge's decision is final. No correspondence or discussion will be entered into. Another couple of minutes and then we'll, uh, we'll close up because you'll want to get home for lunch. You finished them all? Let me see what you got. Okay, have another look at number four. Finished them all? Have another look at number two. Have another look at number eight. Check number eight again as well. Yeah. Have you got false for that? You got false for number... All right. One minute to go. You think number eight is a question mark? Why do you think that's a question mark?
Okay. I can see some of you are still struggling. What are we trying to demonstrate here? Red flags, anger, conflict. What we're trying to demonstrate is if you are in possession of all the facts, you can make informed decisions. You'll likely not need to get angry. Problem is, once we do get angry, we don't listen to the facts. We're not interested in what people have got to say. Um, and we end up just going from bad to worse and not even letting the other people finish what they're saying before you want to say something yourself. And you get into the situation where you don't even listen to what the other person is explaining because you're thinking about and formulating what you're going to say when they've had their say. Okay. So why is this so hard? Because you've got all the information here. All right, let's have a look. A businessman had just turned off the lights in the store when a man appeared and demanded money. The owner opened a cash register. Contents of the cash register were scooped up and the man sped away. A member of the police force was notified promptly. Now, let me just remind you that the judge's decision is final, okay? So I don't want to hear people saying, oh, yeah, but, okay, we haven't got time for any of that, and you'll only make me angry. Okay. A man appeared after the owner had turned off the store lights. That is, question mark. Is the businessman the owner? We don't know. He may have been, he may not have been. The robber was a man. What do you think? The robber was a man. What do you think? That's question mark. Simply because, is he a robber? Did he rob any? Did he take anything? We don't know. Okay, the man who appeared did not demand money. That's the easy one. That's false because he did demand money. The man who opened the cash register was the owner. Question mark. Why is it a question mark? Sorry? The man who opened the cash register, it's all in the story. Okay, and that's a question mark simply because although it mentions the owner, the owner could have been a female. The owner could have been a woman. So that's a question mark because it could have been a man too. Don't confuse me. That's, 
See, you're making me angry. Okay, the store owner, number five, the store owner scooped up the contents of the cash register and ran away. Question mark. The story doesn't say who scooped up the contents of the cash register. Someone opened a cash register, number six. That's true. That was the easiest one. Someone did open a cash register. Number seven, after the man who demanded the money scooped up the contents of the cash register, he ran away. Question mark. Question mark. Did the man who demanded money scoop up the contents? Doesn't say that. Eight. While the cash register contained money, the story does not say how much. True. No, it's not. That's a question mark. That's a question mark. What other things can you find in a cash register? Paper clips, checks, rubber bands, sandwiches, whatever, you know, lots of things in there. Okay, number nine, the robber demanded money from the owner. He did demand money, didn't he? Sorry? We don't know if it was a robber. Demanded money from the owner? That's a question mark. On a number of things. One is we don't know that he was actually a robber. And two, we don't know if the businessman was the owner. Okay? So that's a question mark. Let's have a look. Number, number 10. The story contains a series of events in which only three persons are referred to. The owner of the store, a man who demanded money, and a member of the police force. <laughs> so what do we say? True, false, or question mark? Number 10 is a question mark because if the businessman is not the owner, then there are four people mentioned, okay? If the businessman is not the owner, there's four people mentioned. Okay, number 11. The following events in the story are true. Someone demanded money. A cash register was opened. Its contents were scooped up and a man dashed out of the store. What do you think? False. You think that's false? Well, how can that be false? Okay. All right. That one is a question mark. Did the man who sped away actually leave the store? I mean, if you're in Kmart, you can speed away for nearly a kilometre and you're still in the store. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> so, yeah. So there you are. And you all got it right and you all did so well. Pat yourself on the back. Let's just summarize quickly and then we'll close with prayer. And I think there might be some announcements. The adrenaline flow, don't get all hyped up until you're in possession of all the facts, okay? All the information. It's okay to get angry if it's the kind of anger that is you're angry because of gross injustice or unfairness or something like that. But the destructive kind of anger that destroys yourself and your relationships is the one that is emotionally out of control. Have you noticed when people, uh, a red flag I meant to mention before, is when people start to get angry and emotionally out of control. Have you noticed how they all start talking in high squeaky voices? Have you notice that? They all start to, the voice goes up and the, yeah, it's a flag, isn't it? And we need to realise that there will be, there will be anger in every relationship. But let's have a healthy type of anger. And of course, what, what the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't go to bed at night seething and facing this wall and the other person's facing that wall or you can't sleep because you've, you've just got out of a church board meeting and it's been such a horrendous meeting that, uh, that you can't settle down. Okay. Does that still happen? <clears throat> yeah. Not here now. Oh, I know not here. Okay, so yeah, that's just a little exercise that you can think about. If you want the answers, then uh, all you should have marked them off. But if you, if you want a sheet, I can bring some uh, next week or other times. Um, so just, um, just let Pastor Sarah know if you, uh, you want a copy of what we've got here and we can email it to you or whatever. All right, thanks for your participation. Thank you for being so kind. Thank you for not arguing. Let's just pray together. Loving Father, we thank you again for the time we can have together today. We, uh, we thank you that uh, we have the ability to think and to reason. And we thank you for your word that tells us about anger. And it also tells us that you're, you get angry sometimes, Lord. You have an anger against sin and an anger against wrongdoing. Not that you're emotionally out of control, but it's just gross injustice and wrongdoing. That, uh, that you get angry at. Help us to have that right kind of anger. Help us uh, not to go to rest um, while we're angry. Bless us as we leave this place, Lord. Help us to think of these red flags and others that have already been presented uh, in our own relationships, in our own uh, families. So bless us today and the rest of the day we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>